I don't want to be too bold, but I fear that October 10th of 2017 is the day that soccer died in America, if it really ever was uh, born to begin with. I know that if you're not a soccer guy, it feels like we've been peddling soccer down your throat. Just the fact that I'm putting this into the ether, I know that there's people that will come across and say, oh, soccer's dumb, not a real sport, what is this? Uh, You know, soccer is a love of mine. I love this game. I love how many leagues there are in the world. I love the different levels of leagues. I love how it's a, a game that can be played on the most beautiful of of fields or pitches, which I think is another reason people get upset. What's pitch? Why didn't you just call it a field? But it can also be played on a dirt patch. It can be played in a in a living room. It's the Wings Things podcast. It's the soccer episode as the World Cup is coming up uh, here in the middle of June, recording this about a week out before the World Cup starts in Russia, which I was, you know, so eager for for the longest time. But along the way of the qualifying process, it was determined or starting to be realized that, well, the USA might not make this World Cup, which actually is unfathomable. They've, you know, made every World Cup since I've had the capability of remembering what soccer is, U.S. and the World Cup. Long time in the 60s, 70s, 80s, USA didn't come close to qualifying. But once they started qualifying consistently, they were always there. I mean, you look at the region they're in. It's USA and then Mexico, which should always be in uh, one of these Honduras or Panamas or Costa Ricas. And you, you get to that six team and you think, well, okay, the U.S. at least should be in the top five. Unable to get there this year. And it was realized that fate on October 10, 2017, when they lost to Trinidad and Tobago on the road. Uh, at that point, Bruce Arena filled back in for Jurgen Klinsman, who was fired because the team whether they weren't listening or couldn't get it together. I hope to find out more on Chuck and Winkler on Monday, June 18th, around 9.15 a.m. Bruce Arena will be on the show. So the former coach, I'm going to have the opportunity to talk to him. Right now I want to go into that interview eager and mad and yell at him. He wrote a book about his reasoning why the USA missed the World Cup. So I will read that book in full before I talk to Bruce because I only think that's fair if I'm going to really come at him. I'm mad that the USA is not in the world cup because it's, you know, I think it's a problem for the game in this country. And I think that it's a problem for, for me as a soccer fan, I'm just, I'm not feeling the level of excitement with the world cup being a week away. Just, it just doesn't feel like it in 2002. I just graduated high school. The world cup was played in Korea and Japan and the games were on at like three in the morning. Now I had a, you know, there were, not a not a huge house. My parents, it was a two-story house. Um, you know, the rooms were pretty tight. The first floor was like one room that was a kitchen, dining room, uh, living room, and a rec room, all kind of in one. It was just like a, a rectangle square, May, I, you know, barely bigger than the, <laughs> than the studio here. But we fit like 30 of my friends in there because it was such a great get-together. Soccer was something that brought us together. And it happened just once every four years. Last World Cup cycle, I would go to the bar, Three Lions, a bar in Shorewood. Go there all the time. Uh, place was packed. You had to get there hours early if you wanted a seat. And I was happy to do so. I love the communal aspect of it. That's all been taken away because there's no USA in the World Cup. Now, once the World Cup starts, I do imagine I'll get into it a little more than I think I will right now. 
But not having the U.S. there is a huge, huge, huge detriment. Uh, I want to talk to my brother, Brock Winkler. Um, He was there with me in Charwood. And I want to talk to him about how we're feeling. Because if there's one guy I can think of that relates to how much I was into the World Cup, it's my brother Brock. And I, if there's one guy that can sympathize with how little I'm seemingly caring about the World Cup, it's my brother Brock, who lives in Las Vegas. Um, do you feel like there's a buzz for the World Cup? Like, it's in a week. Do you even know that? I haven't seen much. There's been a couple commercials, but it just doesn't feel the same as it was uh, in 14. How, how different do you think it would be if the USA was in it? Like, I, I, I don't know. I just remember... There's just, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, even I'm like, I have a radio show where I'm allowed to talk about anything, and I, I'm not even bringing up the World Cup. I, I just, there's just no signs of it. No, there's really not, and being in Las Vegas, you'd think that there'd be watch parties for just about everything, and I haven't seen anything, there's nothing out here that even suggests that it's going on, and usually they take sporting events that are major and make them a huge deal, and there's been nothing. Oh yeah, you would think with the betting out there and the the weird time hours, you give, you know, sports betters another sort of window frame, and there's still there's still nothing for you. So, uh, w- I mean, it's going to be on about ten, you know, one here. I'll be able to watch some games during the show. Other than that, I mean, I, I think I am going to like watch the games just because of my weird hours. But you just whenever. It doesn't sound like you're gonna. The thing is, if I remember to turn it on, I'll, I'll watch it. But there's there's nothing that I am really excited for, and there's no teams that I'm really excited for uh, that makes me think I need to turn this on or I need to wake up at eight. If I wake up and it's on, I might may throw it on. But other than that, there's there's not a huge interest right now. So what do uh, American soccer fans, uh, people that love the United States soccer team? What do they, who do they root for? I, they've been trying to peddle Mexico as, hey, they're our neighbors, so root for them. Uh, I know that Iceland's an underdog, so everyone's going to like pretend to care about them. I know some of these uh, DNA websites are trying to say, oh, find out what you are and root for that team. Do you have any team that you even remotely care about one way or the other? Not really. Uh, if I do watch them, I want good games. But other than that, there's no team that I'm, specifically thinking this is the team that I want to win or this is the team that I want to see go far. I mean, obviously, with Iceland being the underdog, everyone's going to root for them just because that's the way people are. But other than that, there's no team that I want to win. Yeah, I just I don't care. I, I don't care, and I think a lot of people agree. Now, once the tournament starts, will we you know, get into a team? We'll find out. But part of the, you know, when I think back to that day, Brock, October 10th or whatever it was when the United States lost to Trinidad, I thought, okay, this is going to set back American soccer quite a bit, unless there can be a change. If they can change their structure, if they can change their system, if they can change how they develop these kids, uh, I don't see that happening. You've seen a couple of friendlies over the last week or so where the United States soccer team is like trotting out these 18, 19, 20-year-old guys. But if you're going to, like, that's not where you develop the guys. You develop the guys, I think, in youth programs and in clubs as kids. 
And the United States are just like, yeah, we'll throw these 18-year-olds against uh, Ireland, and that'll be their development. Meanwhile, these kids from Ireland have been training their whole life. Do you think... But Brock, the problem is that as I'm now I'm fighting with myself, but the problem is the United States, what they're just stubborn. The whole thing's stubborn because odds are they will make the World Cup in 2022 again, and then it's going to expand in 2026, which they may host. So now they have no incentive to fix this horrendous mistake. And I think they're just going to look at it like, oh, it happened. Oh, well, let's move on to the next one. And I think, Brock, that's a huge mistake. That is a huge mistake, and that's also going to be the problem, is as soon as the World Cup cycle comes around again, people are going to remember that we didn't make it. But if we make it, nobody's going to remember that. It's just going to be a blip in the road. Nobody's going to remember it. It's not going to change anything. We had the opportunity to change something with the leadership in the U.S. soccer, and we just went back to the old ways. It's not something that's going to get changed because there's no desire to get it changed. And there's just there's just no desire for anybody to change anything, and they're just going to continue the way it is. I think that the United States soccer program is content with qualifying for the World Cup and seeing what happens. By not making the World Cup, they could have really taken a look at the program and thought, what do we have to do to win the World Cup? There's some of us out there in this in this country that want to see the United States win a World Cup and not just make it, and they didn't take advantage of that. And that's a missed opportunity. And I wanted to talk to you before we got into the coaches because your apathy in your voice. I mean, Brock, you are you are as much of a World Cup guy as I know, and you don't seem to care at all. And it's it's a, it's because of the United States losing and going to Trinidad and Tobago and just you know half you know playing a game that they should have easily won. And it's. It sucks, Brock. It sucks to hear the nothingness in your voice. It does, and it, it frustrates me that I just don't care as much. And with a major sporting event, I should care, especially soccer, which I've loved my entire life. And it's just frustrating. It, there's, there's just nothing that is driving me to want to watch the games. I don't, I don't know really even all the teams that are in it like I have in the Yeah, I don't know who's, I don't know who's in it. I don't know the groups. I don't know anything that I used to know. And I used to be able to rattle off the groups like it was nothing. And now I like I know Iceland's in it. I know Russia's in it. I'm pretty sure England is, but other than that, I'm I'm not sure. Like we Brock and I are not we're not like fringe guys that like soccer every four years. We are diehards into the into the whole thing. And I, I have not watched any United States games. I keep taping them. With the goal of watching them, some of these friendlies, I just, I delete them. I can't, I can't do it, at least until the World Cup's over. And I, I don't know, it's ruined my desire to watch MLS. I know I'm a Timbers guy and you're a Sounders guy. I don't think either of us are watching MLS this year. I haven't watched much MLS. I, I know that the Sounders are pretty much the bottom of the league. But other than that, I don't watch it as much as I did the years prior. I don't watch any of the U.S. friendlies. Half the time, I don't even know they're on. It's just not a desire right now just because I'm so distraught over not making the World Cup. It's really set everything back. It frustrates me that I'm not into it, but there's just, there's nothing to drive me and there's nothing that makes me want to watch it because I just don't feel there's a change right now. That's Brock Winkler. He's on Twitter at Winkler120, I believe is still 
his handle. He doesn't tweet much, but uh, if you want to follow one of my three brothers, Brett, Brock, and Brent, and, and my name is Bart. That's a that's another podcast. Maybe I should talk to my parents about that one at some time. So it doesn't seem like in talking to Brock, and he's right. There's there doesn't seem to be that level of change. Now, after the World Cup dream was realized to be over, that October 10th day that I reference, I came on the air the next day on Chuck and Winkler, 105.7 FM, The Fan, and for about 10 minutes, I talked about all the things that I want to see change in U.S. soccer. And in the coming weeks, I want to talk about uh, promotion relegation in MLS, how the MLS uh, and the United States soccer pyramid needs to be more of one. So that I'll do uh, another time this summer. But there's one thing that stood out that that resonated with a couple of guys that coach at Milwaukee Lutheran is that the kids need to be given better opportunities to advance as far as they can go in soccer. Kids that don't have money specifically, which get left out of this path if they even know that this path exists, this is a portion of my uh, rant that I blacked out during uh, on October 11th. We're not going to convince people that don't like soccer to like soccer. What we need to do is give kids the option to play it young. It's not hard to throw a soccer ball in a park and have kids play soccer. Soccer is the easiest sport to just create. We could go to the parking lot right now. We could set up goals. We've got a big enough field. We don't have a ball. We'll find something that can be a ball. We'll make a ball out of duct tape like they do in other countries. Soccer is the easiest sport to just pick up and play, yet we ignore entire populations of people where there might be some of our best. Soccer is viewed to some as a sport in America that only rich kids can play because there's so much money invested in these academies, but it needs to be at a club level Mm -hmm. where it's cheap and open to everybody. Don't let a guy not get into the American soccer pipeline because he's not rich enough. If he's got talent, you find a way to get him in. It shouldn't cost thousands of dollars just so these kids can have five different uniforms in a tournament in Blaine, Minnesota. So after that, I got an email uh, from some of the coaches who I'll bring in now from Milwaukee Lutheran. They're offering a camp coming up. Uh, The camp is June 18th through the 22nd from 830 to 12 at Milwaukee Lutheran High School. This is for young kids that are looking to play soccer and they can play and get instruction for free. So we'll get some more details on that. But that rant sort of resonated with these guys, and we bring them in here. Uh, Oswald Boichua, close enough? Close enough. <laughs> what is it? Boichua. Yeah, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, you had messaged me right after that that you kind of saw the similar things that I was seeing. I, I think the biggest complaint, well, there's so many of them, why the USA did not make this summer's World Cup. And I do think one of them fundamentally is – it's a soccer in America has become a game for kids that have money. And if you don't have money, it's, it's hard for you to, to get in that I, I, with soccer that blows my mind because uh, all you need is a ball and two goals and some grass. And there's people all over the world playing with even less than that. They're playing with rolled up duct tape on a field of sand and they find two designated markers. You can play the game without having to spend tons of money, and uh, you've kind of, Oswald, run into that problem too when you first, you know, were here in America. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, I have been here for 12 years now. Um, I'm from Tanzania, East Africa. And um, I grew up playing soccer. That's, that's my, like, my life. After school, before school, recess, all we do is play soccer. And as you say, we play um, on the sand. We just two uh, rocks as our goals. And uh, ducked the ball. So that's how I grew up playing. But when I came here to, uh, to America uh, in 05, I couldn't play soccer because it's too expensive. My mom couldn't afford it. So I had to pick up basketball. used to stay active. But I didn't play soccer until high school. So I came here in sixth grade. So I went two years without playing competitive soccer. So freshman year of high school, the first time really I played soccer in a while since, I've been, since I came to America. So the situation I laid out is what how you played. Yeah. Uh, and then you came to America and you couldn't afford to play the game. I mean, you were just picking up. It, you're just playing on what sand? Would you say the ball was? You was had that, a ball. Yeah. So we had a. Sometimes we had a ball. Sometimes we had a like a bunch of nylon bags and a paper. Gonna roll it together with a duct tape and we play that way. That's insane. And then you can't afford to play here. Because there's so many youth soccer organizations that do, I mean, they charge you a bunch. It's for the uniforms have to be a certain way. You got to you got to travel. That's a part of it. You got to get coaching, and nobody will just coach. I mean, you've got to get a coach. And I've run into a lot of coaches that overcharge, and you can overcharge because these dads don't know what they're paying for. I mean, you get one guy throw an English accent on him, he can charge fifteen hundred bucks. For a forty-five minute session, nobody's any of the wiser. Which it it just it I I can't even complete sentences. I get so mad about kind of the the racket behind some of it. Uh, you're here with Brian, uh, Brian Oxner. I coach the the varsity boys at Milwaukee Lutheran High School, and Oz has been my assistant for the past few years. Um, Oz is an alum of Milwaukee Lutheran. I'm an advisor there at school. He wasn't there when I was there, but. Uh, when I came back on board uh, coaching, Oz and I took the team uh, for the last two years. Um, I'm a I'm a local product from here, and back in, I guess it would be the the mid '80s when I was playing, it was it was rec was was kind of the thing, and you had better rec players than other rec players, and if there was really good players, you heard the word or the initials ODP. Yeah, thrown around, and yeah. they were part of this ODP, the the Olympic Development Program, and which kind of like an AAU for basketball, yeah. sort of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, like you never even saw these kids; you just heard of them. Sure, you played on a rec team, and there were some players were better than others, and then you just went and played high school ball with those players for right. the most part. No one was playing, paying exorbitant amounts of money to be on that team. In fact, it was the Hartford for me. It was the Hartford Rec Program. The sideliners probably cost us nothing. Right. And what I think what bothers me is that that it's 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 shifted so much to the certain direction youth soccer has specifically. It's shifted towards look if you're going to travel and you need uniforms, you're going to yeah that that's going to cost something right. But it, it feels like there's not really an option for people that you know don't want to spend every weekend in a tournament or you know play. With a referee, three referees, you know, it's. It, I just feel like there's so much. There could be so much untapped potential, and you're not seeing these kids make it to soccer because they just they don't know soccer, and there's really nobody there to to help them. Uh, now you guys have kind of started something, Oswald, uh, to help out, and I know there's a camp coming up. If you could tell us about that in June. So we set a, a club program for for um, 
for the kids in uh, Milwaukee or anywhere really. Uh, we have a camp coming up in um, June 18th, 22nd, 8.30 to 12 p.m. Um, our website is uh, jrrednightssc.com. Um, so you can go and um, sign up for, for our camps and also for more information about our club. Um, so we started this program to kind of seeing if we can get that, that potential of kids in, in a city where they can't afford to play club soccer and have that, have that opportunity. Um, so at our high school we coach, we have a bunch of kids who come out the first time playing soccer. Um, we, you can see the talent is there, yeah. the natural is there, but it, you can see that they didn't have the experience of playing youth soccer when growing up. So in high school, they're kind of playing like two months in a year. So then I improved as much as they could. And we're seeing, we're seeing that talented people, okay, wow, this kid, he played when, when they were younger, that would have been really good. So like we have an example of like two players. One player actually came out his junior year. His name was Azalte. Um, he played his junior year on JV. And then um, his senior year, he was on varsity. And he made all conference from, just from one year of playing soccer in a North conference where it's one of the toughest conferences in the state in soccer. So you can see that it's one improvement of one year. Now imagine if you played for like four, five, six years before coming to high school. The uh, so the camp you're putting on in June is for, it's at Milwaukee Lutheran High School, mm-hmm. uh, and it's free boys and girls from U8 to U14 to come out 8:30 to noon uh, every day that week. If that's free every day. They can just come out, learn some skills, and play for free. Absolutely. And you guys are. Doing that, are there other coaches with you guys, the two of you? Yeah, we will have, the two of us will be there. There will be three to four other adults just coaching. Um, Some of our high school athletes will be on hand to help, as well as parent volunteers to make everything run smooth. So I'm somebody that wants to see more kids have the opportunity to play for free. And you guys are offering this camp for free every day for a week, giving up your mornings. And now that you're telling me this, I'm thinking, why are you doing it for free? There's there's so many options that kids can do, but they do cost you know a couple hundred bucks for the week. Why do you think it's important to give these kids the opportunity to do it for free? I mean, that's what I want you to do, and I'm glad you're doing it. But it's still sort of hard to believe you're actually doing it. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think it's it's this interesting dynamic when you offer something for free, you you run a risk. Truth be told, in terms of your numbers, because there's there's no buy-in. It, right, it's a free yeah. club. No one just gave you two hundred dollars, and now they're gonna. I'll be sure to be there every day because of my money. It's That's a good point. It's, it's not like that, and um, but we're okay with that. That's a risk for us. That's worth it because there's there's so many students, um, young kids in the city that that just don't have that opportunity. I mean, if I could go pick them up in a bus, I would do that um, just just to get them there because there's there's very tangible obstacles to participation. Um, in some city activities and cost is one of them. Transportation is another one. Those are probably at the top of the list. So if we can get one of those out of the picture and just have them focus on one other one, that's all you got to do is just can you get them there, just get them there. And, and then we'll take it from there. I guess. Yeah. Mom or dad could sign them up and then it's Wednesday morning and you know, Oh, I, you know, we didn't pay for anything. We're, we're not going to take you today, that's right. but hopefully, especially that first day, uh, you know, you get them hooked, and at least even if they come for one day, I, I think to get them acclimated to the game and maybe, you know, uh, realize that it exists and, and spread it around a little bit, I think that that goes a long way. Even for kids that aren't, you know, going to find out about this particular week 
or do it. I just, I, I'm glad that there's a, this will at least get the word out because there's so many, I just think, kids that they have no idea. I mean, you, you might see a soccer field, kids play basketball, kids will play football. There's so much, there's so many people that live here. And there's so many people that are athletic and there's so many people that could be good at soccer. And if you, if you go off, I'm not saying like soccer more than football. If you go off for soccer and you don't like it, okay. You know, that's right. But they should at least get some sort of taste to it to make that determination for themselves. So again, the, the free week, it's the junior red night soccer camp, June 18th, June 22nd, 8.30 a.m. to 12. It's free. It's at Milwaukee Lutheran High School. Um, it's it's a it's a neat concept that you guys are doing. Now, the Junior Red Knights SC, the club that you guys put on all year, uh, there's a cost associated with that, but not anywhere near what uh, some of these other places might, might charge you for. This is a great tool, too, if you could tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, the Junior Red Knight SC, so Junior Red Knight Soccer Club, um, is our that's our version of club soccer and and it is club soccer and it's rec soccer too it's it's an opportunity for um, for city kids to come out and play soccer at a dramatically discounted rate if you if you went out and shopped around um, local club teams some of the best teams in the state actually are from from here and and, and there's quite a few in the Madison area as well um, those clubs are all in excess of a thousand dollars. Uh, uh, to join, especially when you throw in, like you mentioned earlier, the uniforms and, and things like that, just a, a bit of equipment. Um, our our club opportunity here takes it in the opposite direction. In fact, we will we will have games in the WYSA matched up against some rec teams. We will also have some games, some scrimmage games, because we're actually not a part of the WDA, which is a big development academy in the state of Wisconsin. Top clubs play in this this organization. Um, but those clubs are open to scrimmage games against us. Okay, and 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 I've got confirmation there. And so so these kids, um, in in a very entry level price um, for soccer year round. It's it's a fall, it's a spring, it's a winter session. Um, just like every other club out there, you know they have just got such a, a shallow entry point for them to get in and play. Really, they can again. It's it's kind of tailored to the player, right? Like you could play at a rec level, and that would be fine if that's where your skill puts you, so that you can grow. But if your skill would also put you on more of a club kind of caliber team, so that you can grow, then we have that opportunity as well, playing against some of the better kids in the state. The website for this is so be Junior Red Knights, no Junior Red Knight SC dot com. Okay, Jr. Yeah. or type out Junior. No, it's Jr. Jr. Red Knights SC dot com. Yep. JRRedKnightsSC.com. Now, this isn't, these kids, it's not just kids that go to Milwaukee Lutheran, right? You guys are open to the entire yeah, city. That's right. And trying to find, I mean, whoever wants to play uh, can play. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that, you know, we, I'm from Fond du Lac. So we, uh, what, what's the smile for? <laughs> I knew, I, I knew that. Um I love Fond du Lac. It's What's the smile for? <laughs> soccer powerhouse up there. You guys used to have some really powerful teams up there. Those my dad was the coach. Is that right? And my dad, uh, Greg Winkler, the coach. He had some really good teams. They made the state a couple of times after I left. Okay, <laughs> I was a goalie. I became a goalie because I didn't want to run. I had good days and I had very not good days. <laughs> but what happened was we, you know, he's also the president of the association up there for a while, and then. He got out, focused on the high school stuff. After that, 
the, the, you know, the association kind of went away a little bit. Uh, less kids started playing. So we got back in. I involved myself. I volunteered. I was in charge of the referees. But what we also did was before the games, 5.30 and 6.45, before that, at 4.30, he'd come out or another coach would come out and we'd do a, a just a free hour. Or if you wanted to come out, you can scrimmage, you can practice, you can play. And I do think there needs to be more of that. So that's why I'm so encouraged to see this camp that you guys have on the 18th. Because really, one day can really change everything. And, and to go back to what I was saying, if a kid comes on Monday, bails the rest of the week, at least he might pick up a soccer ball again and they might just play it again. I just, you know, as well, when you come over to America, you're in a, a place where soccer, it's, it's all over the place. It was your life. When you come here and it's like non-existent, I mean, that's got to be such a shock for you. For sure. It was a, it was a shock. Um, the, girl school, the girl school I went to, I asked the first day, hey, you guys have a soccer team here? Like, like uh, no, nobody plays soccer here at all. It's just basketball and sometimes football. So, so I had to learn basketball because I, I just couldn't play soccer at all. Even in the summer, nobody played soccer in the summer, which was very sad for me. I'm like, wow, first time when it's warm out, because I came in when it's cold, like two, two degrees out when when I came here. Yeah. So, no soccer for like the whole year it was very like hard for me. I'm like, wow, this is, this is surprising. Like, so is it more or less surprising than the winters in Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, the, no, that's not great. Yeah. I I just it when we bring up soccer topics on the fan, uh, it, if I'm just I'm even I want to talk about the World Cup a little bit. I still will want to, but as soon as we do it, or if we post something on our Facebook page, ah, oh, who cares? Ah, oh, who cares? And I feel like just, and I know there's been a lot of times where okay, this is it now. Soccer's coming to America. This is. Get ready, guys. This is the takeover. And people are probably like, oh, I don't want to buy into this. You know, whatever, whatever. But I feel like there's also a, a really strong resistance for whatever reason to soccer than there is any other sport. Uh, you know, if we started talking about volleyball for 10 minutes, okay, whatever. If we started talking about golf for 10 minutes, whatever. Uh, if we start talking about UFC. But as soon as we talk about soccer, phones will ring up. You know, I just, it, it's hard to... I don't know how would you how do you what how do you break that? I was about to ask you why you thought it existed. That sort of yeah, because you're right. I think it's something to do with it's not American. It's not an American-born game or dominant or dominant. And it competes head to head with football. It does. Uh, so I was telling you about my dad. There was a real good kid um, that played soccer. And he was a forward, but he was also a really good quarterback. And he was going to come out for soccer. The football coach fumed. And would this kid have started at quarterback? There was actually two kids that were really good. Kid didn't, the coach didn't care. He wanted that kid to, he wanted a number. He wanted that kid to play football. It doesn't matter that the kid's better off playing soccer, you know, can get some collegiate looks playing soccer. This Kid may not have ever played at quarterback. He did go out for soccer. I, I don't know how really? uh, he was able to get him to go out for soccer. I don't know how. But just there, there is that, and I see that a lot in – I do see that a lot in high schools. I think that 
I think that you got. I mean, you got to. One, I'm big on kids have to play more than one sport. So I, I'm not trying to say play soccer and only soccer. I think you got to play a ton of different stuff. But the kids got to decide what they like. And when you've got adults trying to pretend like it's the 1950s and the whole town goes out for Friday night for a football game and that's the world, I think we got to let go of that sort of philosophy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I am I preaching to the choir? Well, yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, I I'm with two soccer guys. <laughs> I'm not expecting a lot of pushback today, right? <laughs> well, I think it'd be one thing if if people were were indifferent. Yeah, to but it. it's like hate. <laughs> no, that's that's where it, it it doesn't register all that much with me because I I don't feel that visceral about. I can't think of a sport I feel visceral about. What 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 purpose would that serve? I, I don't know. I, I don't just hate badminton because it's badminton. Why wouldn't you hate badminton? It doesn't register with me, right? So, But for people to be so um, just diametrically opposed to soccer in certain kind of circumstances and unwilling to have a five-minute back and forth that's cordial about, you know, who's got the best chance in the World Cup, even the United States is out of it, right? Set them apart. Just a, a soccer discussion about, I don't know, the biggest soccer event that only happens once every four years. I mean, you could say it's a big sport that? event. I mean, you can yeah. sure the Olympics. There's more sports to it, but I mean, the the World Cup is more watched than anything. Yeah. I mean, other countries stop what they're doing, even if they're not in it. Yeah. To watch the World Cup. That's right. You know, th- you know. Thankfully, in Milwaukee, there's like five bars now that will, you know, <laughs> that are sort of soccer specific, and I guess in a city of about a million people, it's good. I I, I don't know. It's just very very puzzling that there is it's it's less indifference that's a good thing to say less indifference than it is an actual sort of visceral hatred maybe because it came on newer i think a part of it is a part of it is soccer's fault whoever said like it's coming america i don't know the it just, there's like it's british i don't know <laughs> like we try to sometimes uh, soccer guys will try to I don't know where it's, where's the chicken or the egg here. Sometimes it's like we're forcing it, but we're not, man. <laughs> we're just trying to help the kids. And then, you know, if there's not enough kids playing and you get to the World Cup and you can't even get to the World Cup, and then that, I think, is a big, big problem because now the outside guy, who sure might know Landon Donovan's name, and all right, I'll watch again. I guess I'll watch the end of a game, sure. Now you can say, we lost to a country of... 300,000, that's smaller than Milwaukee? Yeah. You know, what are we doing? So I, I do think that uh, it, it was very damaging for them not to go to the World Cup. And I don't see them change. I don't see U.S. soccer at the top changing much. They, The MLS needs to change. Soccer needs to change. They are maintaining status quo. And so it is going to be things like this that end up making a difference. It's going to be camps that kids who... We're never exposed to the game can come for free to be exposed to the game. I really believe that. I really do. It's got to be a talent issue, doesn't it? Because uh, England can have, I mean, how many soccer teams are housed in the city of London alone? Yeah. Right. Like you can throw a rock from one rival stadium to another. So that small country is producing. Now, a lot of people are flocking to the EPL because it's the EPL, right? But, but just homegrown talent in England alone, there's so many kids because all these clubs are aligned with you know, Arsenal and, and every big club has their junior club as well. But just a small population size is producing great talent in soccer. How many times bigger is our population size? So if, if we can just squeeze 
a little bit more out of what we've got, we're going to be better off than we are now. And sure, we could say, well, if LeBron James was playing soccer, you know, how good would he be if he came up as a soccer player? We can say all that, but there's so many people in America that this should not be a problem. I think a, a country, and I'm not, I'm not like you, rah rah, America right now. I just think a country of this size should be able to produce top athletes in basketball, top athletes in baseball, football, and then yes, soccer. So it's about. I, I, I think at this point, it's going to be about reaching kids that would not have otherwise played, and finding that untapped potential in there. Because I, I do think. I don't know how you play it out, but if you replay the last 30, 40 years and you just find the right 18 kids, you've got a team that could not only qualify for the World Cup but possibly win it. They just never had that avenue, and they may not have ever even played a different sport. They just might have just gone on with their lives. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes I think also having kids play multiple sports, like I think basketball players would do well as soccer players because I think those two sports – can I go hand in hand? They're so similar. Yeah. So. Especially the defensive sort of philosophies. Yeah. And you don't even think that. You don't realize it. Yeah. But it's going one way, going the other, mm-hmm. making sure you know where your man is behind. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's so similar. I mean, one, uh, of th- one of the things I've been doing, like kind of recruiting basketball players, I'm telling, I'm telling them, hey, if you play soccer, well, it would help with your defense, with your footwork, with your endurance. So you should be playing soccer if you're a basketball player. Like, that should be one thing you want to do to stay in shape. Yes, just to stay in shape. Yeah, like one thing, one of things, things is, is basketball. So whatever plays basketball, that's, that's mm-hmm. it. Like maybe, hey, if you do something else, it, it helps you, with you as a basketball player. I mean, think, I mean, look at the NBA. Look at Kobe. Look at Steve Nash. They play soccer. Look at Joel Embiid. He played soccer. Like, I mean, see, see look, look, look at that footwork because of soccer. So, I mean, soccer should be a good option for you, as a, even as a ball player to go uh, to. You guys uh, personally, as far as soccer fans, you have a club you root for. You what do you what do you like? Okay, so I'm I'm not a Ben Roger fan, but I do like Madrid. I've liked them since I was like five years old when they had uh, the old Ronaldo, Zidane, Luis Figo, those guys in uh, back in the day. I'm not that old, but that's who I grew up watching. So Madrid is my favorite team. What about you? Well, we're gonna sound like a bunch of bandwagon jumpers here. I'm a <laughs> Munich guy. I'm a Bayern Munich guy. So I, I follow the Bundesliga and. That's where my ancestors came from, and that's what I've been following for years. I like Munich. But I I visited there when I was in uh, high school uh, for a trip, and I think there it must have been. I didn't know at the time, but it must have been a Champions League game against Man U, maybe, because I remember this would have been in two thousand one. But I remember there was one side of the street that was Munich fans, and there's the other side that was Man U fans, and they were just doing chants. They wouldn't cross into the street. They were never going to fight. But they were just like doing chants back and forth, and I was like almost in tears to see what soccer could do, like how people could relate to soccer. So MLS at that time would have been in its fifth year, which I MLS started when baseball went on strike, or baseball went on strike in '94, MLS in '96. That's right. But I baseball was my first like love as a sport. I quit on it because I the strike bothered me so much. So. And I like soccer. I played it my whole life. So I really wanted to get into the MLS and I've followed it for so long. I just, I'm so discouraged with the league because I think they've sort of reached a status quo. Now I'm really getting off here, but I don't care. I think what the MLS has done, they're making their money based on expansion teams. That's going to dry out at some point. You look at these games, nobody's going, nobody's watching. They're not even like a top 10 watch league in the country. La Liga 
is high, the EPL is high, the Bundesliga is higher than the MLS, and I think they need to step up too. I think they're a big problem as to why the USA did not qualify. Well, when when you talk in, in circles amongst friends that, that like to play soccer and, and coach soccer and things like that, it's it's not uncommon to hear that the MLS is kind of the JV team to the varsity teams, which are all overseas which, in terms of league-to-league comparisons. Right, and I think that, you know, I think what the MLS's problem was was they were trying to be number one right away, and you can't. I think the MLS is a great tool for, let's say a kid goes to this camp, June 18th or the 22nd at Milwaukee Lutheran. Let's say they go to this camp, they develop, they get on a club team, they play high school, they're in a, you know, if, if they can get into the Chicago Fire, whatever they've got going, you play, it, the, the MLS should develop right now young American talent and really young, I think uh, I think one of the other reasons the USA struggled in CONCACAF was because they've, de- they've done a better job developing the other CONCACAF nation's talent than they've done their own. And then the best American players won't play overseas anymore because they can get an easier, easier route here. And I think all that together has sort of ruined the United States national team at this point. Talking about this disgusts me. (laughs) Who's your club team? Okay, so uh, West Ham. West Ham. That's a very random club. I went to Vegas and I played a poker tournament. I won. It was about five years ago. But the guy I beat was from England. And I said, dude, I need an EPL team, man. He says, well, you don't want mine. He said, why? We're never good. We're never bad. We're just always stuck in the middle. Well, who is it? Because I, I, I didn't want to be Liverpool, Arsenal, Man U, Man City. You know, every, everyone I know. Liverpool, Arsenal. Okay. I wanted something. So he said, well, I like West Ham. I go, okay. Yeah, me too. I ordered a jersey. <laughs> I watch our games. And then I think every year since I've started, they finish 11th, 7th, 12th, 13th, and 13th. Exactly like he said they would finish. (laughs) They finish right there. I do, for MLS, I followed Portland. They won a couple years ago. And then I'm telling you, after after they didn't make the World Cup, I have not watched an MLS game since. I'm so disgusted with the whole setup of American soccer that that it puts me off. So if I can... We'll get the word out. I mean, I'm barely doing anything, but this hopefully will get a couple of people to come here, and then you never know. I just, right. I just, I want more kids to have the opportunity to play, and I think there need to be more people like the two of you to just give up one week. I mean, that's a lot these days, but to just give up one week to do the camp again, the Junior Red Knights Soccer Camp, June 18th to the 22nd, 8:30 to noon, Milwaukee Lutheran High School, boys and girls from U8 to U14. So like seven year olds, eight year olds, we're talking Yeah. Just if you're like seven to fourteen. That works. Yeah. Come on by. That costs nothing. Uh that's at the Lutheran campus, Milwaukee Lutheran High School. Mm-hmm. Correct. Campus. Uh and then the club, which is also uh, a separate thing that they can you can do year round, it's jrrednightssc.com. Mm-hmm. And you can check out more information on that. Yep, be happy to talk to you about the club when you show up for the camp as well. No problem. That's that's awesome. So if you got kids in that, you know, just I just wish that there were if I could be Santa Claus and drop a soccer ball in every chimney, I would. And I think this is a good start at that. So guys, appreciate uh your time. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, thank uh, you. when the USA wins the World Cup in twenty years, it'll be because of us. 
Okay, you can invite us back. <laughs> so where to go at this point? I don't know. I know that in a week I'll watch the World Cup because it's competitive soccer, but the United States won't be there. Again, unimaginable that the United States, for as big as the country is, as much talent is here, as much talent should be here, they're not in the World Cup. I don't know who I'm rooting for. Uh, I'll probably end up betting to you know try to juice my interest a little bit. But in the meantime, getting kids involved in the game is the way to go. Uh, and these two guys that we just talked to are, you know, we need more guys like that. We need, we need more people that give back to the game because they know the positive impacts it can have and not people like how I view the United States sort of soccer conglomerate to be, which is about the bottom line. And if we qualify, that's great. If we don't, ah, screw it. We'll get back there in four years. And then they're going to expand the World Cup by 2026, I believe, anyway, to 48 teams. So there's almost no way the United States will miss. And let's host a couple, and that will be automatically. And I think it's all about bottom line. Does the USA want to qualify for the World Cup, or does the USA want to win a World Cup? I have not seen any signs that the, that the United States is committed to winning a World Cup. And even after they missed in 2018 here, it's been very discouraging that when this is the best opportunity to change things and make things right, and there's been no change. So enjoy the World Cup, whoever you may root for. It doesn't matter to me because it's not the United States because they're not in it. I'm Bart Winkler. This is another Winks Things podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. And Stitcher, which I just learned is a thing. Uh, Also, you can always get these at 1057fmthefan.com. The Twitter account for this page is at Winks Podcast. And then myself, I'm at Winks Thanks. We'll see you next time on the Winks Thanks Podcast.